Today, I'm very excited to have a beautiful guest on, Michelle Powell. Michelle is a holistic health practitioner and authenticity specialist with over 17 years of clinical experience. She's a speaker and a coach, and she specializes in helping people rediscover their true self-identity by learning to connect mind, heart, and intuition, Michelle believes that you can be the full expression of your authentic self, overcome your inner and outer obstacles to build a life that is aligned and be the vision of yourself that you innately know you are intended to be. I love today's discussion with Michelle. It's so closely aligned with everything I believe in around authentically you and authenticity. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Made For More podcast. I'll be sharing my experiences along with some actionable advice to take your leadership to the next level. Introducing your host, it's me, Ali Nitschke. I'm a leadership and courageous conversations expert, a Nutella lover, a mother of four young boys, a wife, and a dance floor junkie. I'm here to give you the motivation you need to level up, lead yourself, lead your team, and your business. Let's go. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. I have got an amazing guest on today. It's Michelle Powell. She's a holistic health practitioner and an authenticity specialist. Thank you, Michelle, for being here today. Uh, Thanks for having me here, Ali. It's good fun. Awesome. So let's uh, dive straight in. So tell me a little bit about uh, your business, where you've come from to get to this point and where you're going. Yeah, cool. So well, essentially, I've been in the wellness space for over 17 years now, and it's been a big evolution, really. <laughs> so I really focus on helping people, you know, what I call be true to themselves and really connect with their real self-identity and their authenticity, um, especially because in life and in all of the roles that we have to play, with the pressures, expectations and responsibilities that we have, we can really lose ourselves. So I really love to help people rediscover who that truly is deep within yeah. and allow that to come forth both in their professional world and their personal world. And yeah. that's kind of been a natural evolution for me over the years. I started off as a personal trainer and got into um being a nutritionist and then got into holistic health care and mental emotional work and then spiritual work and then tying it all together and then here we are today. <laughs> ah, it's been quite the journey from one to the next, one evolution to the next and I imagine you tie all of that in together from, you know, your um, personal fitness into nutrition into, you know, what is it that is truly authentically you. Well, that is awesome. So who do you work with mostly? Mostly, I work with a, a large caliber of people, but I do work with a lot of women in particular in their 30s and 40s that have gone through major life changes, whether it's in their work or in their personal life, or they've just got to a point where they've discovered they're, they're really unsure of their path, or they feel like They've burnt the candle too much on both ends and they don't really know where the next direction is and something's amiss and they're, they're ready for something else, but they don't quite know what that is. Yeah, I think this is really important work that you do and certainly I've uh, been burning the candle at both ends many a times and I think it takes a real, a real state of burnout to realise that, hey, this isn't sustainable and this isn't actually what I want to be doing. 
And now you talk a lot around authenticity and getting back to your true self. Can you talk me through uh, authenticity? Like what does it mean? How do we get there? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's almost a loaded word nowadays. Mm. Be authentic. Authenticity. I've been banging on about it for years, but I see it splashed about everywhere now. And I think it's almost lost a bit of its authenticity with that word. Truly, yeah. So I'm trying to bring it back. But I feel that there's a bit of a stigma around it in that most people wouldn't like the thought that they're not being authentic and genuine because most of us believe that we are. That's what we're trying to put forward and, and we're trying to be. But in trying to be something, that's not being authentic. Ah, yeah, I see. So by trying to deliberately act in an authentic way and be authentic, you're by default not. Yeah, because ah. a lot of the time we have these thought processes and stories that we create in our own inner reality Mm. that we're then projecting out that this person expects me to show up a certain way or I need to dress a particular way or I need to, you know, handle this meeting a certain way or I need to coach this person a particular way or, you know, we, we have these pressures that we think we're supposed to be and that's not who we truly are. We're all these intricate little pieces I liken it to a puzzle Mm. and we have so many little pieces that make up the big picture or what I like to call the essence of who we really are and that's what I like to really get into I love that because I think I work with a lot of leaders who are very much around you know this type of person at work and I'm this type of person at home and never shall the two ever meet and uh, it's interesting because I think, well, you tell me if, if this is your belief as well, for you to be truly authentic and for authenticity to be part of um, your identity is that you should be sort of the same in either setting. Like, yes, there's probably a high level of professionalism versus when you're chilling at home watching Netflix, but in terms of being a different person and the way that you speak and uh, interact with people, that should be relatively the same. Is that true? Yes and no. Ooh, tell me more. Yeah, so I I believe that there's a component of bringing that realness in, but I think there's also an expectation that we should be the same in all fields. Like I'm not going to show up today being the person that dances around the lounge room to, you know, music at 8 o'clock on a Friday morning. (laughs) We'll do that next week. Yeah, yeah, why not? (laughs) Because that's not who I am in this moment. It's right. of who I am, but it's not the totality of who I am. Yeah. And I think that's where people get confused because they feel like they have to always be a particular way, if that makes sense. So <laughs> there's a playful side to us. There's a serious side to us. There's the professional side to us. There's the the parent side of us there's all these different facets to who we are and it's not to say that it's not being authentic but it's when you feel like you have to be a particular way when you are actually not congruent with who that is in the moment oh congruency i think that's a really good <clears throat> i think i think congruency is a really good way to to look at it so tell me more about that how do you how do you get congruent with how you are in the moment? 
I think it's only something that you can check in with yourself when you start catching yourself in those moments where you're like, oh, I think this person that I'm interacting with wants me to be a certain way. Or you go, oh, I want this person to think of me a certain way. So it's almost like Mm. trying to impress Mm. Mm. as opposed to whatever you really are. Yeah. So I I love this because I I get told quite frequently that I'm really authentic and I'm like, what do you mean? I'm just being me. I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I don't know. And I think that's probably part of, part of it. I still don't know what it is that I'm doing. I just, you know, some days I'm a hot mess, some days I'm crushing it, you know, whatever (laughs) it is, what it is. So when people come to you and they're burnt out, you know, candle both ends is finding your true self and getting to your true identity. Is it around stripping stuff away? like all of that childhood conditioning, or is it around putting some more stuff in, like a bit of self-care, a bit of meditation? Actually, it's all of the above. Awesome. Yeah. And I love that you were just saying that, you know, some days you're a hot mess and some days you've got it all (laughs) together because that's real. And I think that's a huge component of that authenticity piece is you show up with what's real on the day. If today you're a hot mess and stuff is just not coming together, how more real and raw can you be than just owning that? Yeah. And I think that's where people might look at you going, oh, my God, Ali's so authentic because they're like they're afraid. There's so much fear of judgment and ridicule if we show up without having our shit together, especially when we're in leadership roles, management roles. Everyone looks to us for all of the answers all the time. Mm. And so if we don't have the answers, then maybe people are going to perceive us as not being intelligent enough, not being the go-to person, blah, 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 all of those stories that we can concoct in our mind Mm. instead of owning where we're at and and being that real piece. So that was a a bit of a segue because that's how I – perceive anyway. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that's very, very relevant. And I mean, I work with a lot of leaders who are new into their role or they've gone into a new, you know, they've been promoted into a new thing and they're waiting. And, you know, this is the imposter syndrome part of it. They're waiting to be tapped on the shoulder that someone um, comes and says, oh, actually, we've made a mistake. We got your resume mixed up. Uh, We meant the other, the other Susan, for example. And I think that that part of that is that people uh, concoct this this mask or this I call them shame shields to protect themselves from falling to pieces or from being tapped on the shoulder and they beha- start behaving in this way that perhaps isn't quite as congruent with them as what they would like it to be but it's getting them through what needs to happen right now uh, so you talk a little bit about masks what tell me more about that mm, I first of all have to say I love your terminology for that shame shields because I think we all have them and once again, owning, owning that. And so with shame shields, I'm probably going to steal that alley. Just go for it. (laughs) Sharing is caring. Go for it. Yeah. Where would you like me to specifically go with that one? Because I could go off on a lot of tangents there. Yeah. Well, that's a really good question. So I refer to shame shields and probably this has become more uh, recognizable to me since I had children. So everything that I learned about shame and about ego and all of the things that get in the way of us performing as leaders, when I started having children, 
they wear their emotions, obviously, uh, on their sleeves and kind of over their whole body. And uh, my eldest son sometimes would be quite upset about something and I could literally see shame shields on him when he's feeling upset about something or if I've told him off um, before I recognise what it was and I'd be like, oh, my gosh, this is a shame, shame shield in living proof. My poor son is, you know, literally holding himself together with a facade that's not doing him or me or anyone else in his life any good. So... Hmm. Let's talk about shame shield. So when you, you mentioned just before we started recording around masks, let's talk about the ones that people put on and then some techniques on how they can take them off. Yeah. I, I love that because like you were saying with people feeling like they're an imposter mm-hmm. or, you know, being afraid to be seen as perhaps emotional, like you were using as your, your children as an example there. I think as adults, we forget that we are emotional as well. <laughs> yeah, we're just bigger kids, really. Right. Yeah. We're just children yeah. in adult bodies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like to think sometimes we've got our stuff together just a little bit more than that, but I don't know. <laughs> well, I think we've probably just got better at hiding it. Like, I think we still experience those things. I'm still investigating this, but I think we still experience a lot of the emotions that our kids show so blatantly. Yes. We've just got really good at masking it. Exactly. And I think that's where the imposter piece comes from mm. because we're too busy trying to hide that maybe we're having a bad day or we're feeling emotional or that we're afraid that someone thinks that we don't know as much as we do. But I also think people don't give themselves enough credit. Yeah. Like we are so self-critical. Like there is absolutely no way that you would ever speak to anyone the way you speak to yourself in your head. Oh, my mean girl, she is so mean in my head sometimes. I've got a pretty good handle on it these days, but I was looking back over a journal from about two years ago and I was like, oh, my goodness, Ali in your head was so mean. Uh, she's yeah. a lot kinder now. But, yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Exactly. And and I think that's some of where this fear of being found out as an imposter is mm. because that nastiness, that self-critical voice that's so cruel yeah. is you know and that and that can come from our whole life <laughs> you know we could go into like you said programming and Condition, stuff like that parents yeah school <laughs> experience that bring us to that point but to break it down there is no way in the world you would ever speak to your partner your best friend your children whomever the way you do in your own head And because we can be so self-critical, we're afraid that somebody else is going to judge us and be as critical as we are of ourselves, which I don't believe is possible because we're our own worst enemy. Mm, That is very true. And so with that, I think we get to flip the coin over because if there's that nasty voice like you were speaking about, there's also the other side of the coin, which is recognizing your unique magnificence. Mm, I love that. Okay, how do we how do we do that? Let's do more of recognizing our unique magnificence. Well, I think the first thing to recognize is that there is no other human being on the planet like you. Yeah, that's and cool. and that sounds really simple, but let's break it down. Nobody else on the planet has the same thumbprint that you do. Yeah. 
nobody else will live and experience life and walk through you, your shoes and have the experiences that you do. You are actually an expert at being you because of what you've experienced and mm. nobody else is. And even if there was a million other people teaching or coaching or leading people like you are, no one can do it with your flair because they're not you. Mm. So I like to say to people, you are a once-off, limited edition, yes. never again going to be repeated human being. Can you take a moment to actually recognize those unique skill sets that you have just by being you? Yeah. This is so good. And I think for anyone that's listening, that's like, what do you mean? I've, you know, I've got a twin or whatever it is. You know, I, I was listening to something on the radio recently when they were talking about how many jobs have people had, you know, and it was like, you know, we've had three or we've had five. And I was thinking, geez, I've had a rich tapestry of uh, employment over my, over my years. And I think even those types of things can feel, uh, can uh, feed into what you're talking about as well. So it may not be that you've, you know, uh, gone and trekked the, trek the Himalayas in Nepal it may not be that you've gone and like I was gonna say swam a gondola but I don't think that's how you operate one of <laughs> you know it, it could very well be that you've uh, collected a whole bunch of skills and and experiences from working as a barista down on your main street in your local local cafe it could well be that you did work experience at your primary school when you were in school it could be that you were the head of your soccer soccer team and all of those intricate life experiences are what make you up today. So it doesn't have to be monumentous. It could well be that you had a family Christmas at your grandparents every single year and that is part of your tr tradition and that is now part of your DNA and that's what you do. And each of those experiences make up uniquely you. So you can turn and pivot at any time. And now that I'm saying that, does that also mean that people can recover from these things as well? So if you're not liking where you are now, tell me about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's important to notice that if you're unhappy where you are, of course you can change things around. And I think we tend to focus on what we can't control, especially mm. when we're managing people in leadership roles, running businesses. You know, there's so yeah. many things that are outside of our realm of being able to control. I mean, just look at this year alone. Holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But if we bring it back into ourself, our what I call locus of control, mm. so bring it back into what can you in your realm mm -hmm. control? And the first thing you can is yourself. Yeah. And taking ownership of you and what's going on in your head and your heart and your intuition. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I think that is, that's the key message there, isn't it? That you are the one that controls you. So it's very much around taking that responsibility for your own actions, your own reactions. And uh, even if you stuff it up the first time, go back and, and recalibrate and try it again. Exactly. And coming at it from a space of kindness and compassion. Oh, yeah. Because we can then be like, right, I've got to do all of the things and then, you know, boss lady hat on again. Yeah. And then that's more pressure, yeah. that's more criticism, that's yeah. more self-judgment instead of, okay, so what I'm doing is not quite working for me. Yeah. Let's get some support. Let's get some, you know, check-ins. Let's. How can I be more kind and more loving and more respectful and help myself into the next phase? 
Yeah, so just to clarify, you're talking about being kind and compassionate and respectful to yourself. So we're very good at dishing it out. Uh, We're not as good at receiving it from ourselves as well. So being kind and showing compassion to yourself. I think, you know, even right now I'm talking to a lot of probably more so women and and mums at the moment. I'm like, oh, goodness me, like give yourself some grace. Like you are literally doing your very best effort and that is good enough for right now. Exactly. And I think there's this expectation that we should be able to do better than we're currently doing now. Mm. If you knew how to do better, you would be doing better. Oh, yeah. Like, I love that. So how do, how do you think people could recognize, you know, where they've come from if they're doing better, if they're having a half, hard time? So I think that when it comes to your your self-identity, for example, in this, you can check in with yourself and and ask yourself, where am I actually placing my identity? Because we tend to place it in external things, Mm. in our job, our business, our role, you know, in in what we do, in Mm. being a parent, Mm. in all of these external things and a lot of our self-identity can actually be wrapped up in our job, in our yeah. work environment. Yeah. That's not who you are. That's something that you do. Oh, that's gold. Yeah. That's not the essence of yeah. who you are. Yeah. And so that I think is a, a good place to check in, especially yeah. I don't know about you, but I know that myself and lots of people that I work with, we can all get caught in the doing, 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 output, 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 work, 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 Mm, and then feel like we have to keep doing more because we've got this trajectory that we're working on. We're on this course. We're doing these things, and then we can start identifying ourselves as that. Yeah, 100%. And I know historically a lot of my self-confidence and self-worth came from my work when I was an employee and one of the biggest learning experiences and I'm sure there'd be a a bunch of parents that have gone through this as well is when I went on maternity leave and didn't have work and then also was it like a new mum I was like I don't know I don't know who I am anymore but it was it was really real I was like oh shivers like if I'm not you know working full-time and doing this and doing that and, and running a team like what am I doing like I'm just looking after one tiny person who sleeps yeah. <laughs> not well but sleeps you know <laughs> most of the time like I just you know is this is this it is this all I've got and it took me a, a really long time to come to terms with that that my work wasn't something that I am it was just something that I did so I love and that. that's actually a really common thing that you've yeah. just described there Ali is you know once you're removed from that environment you're like wait a minute who even am I yeah and we can actually have a self-crisis, an identity crisis in relation to that because we place so much of our worth, so much of our identity, so much of our existence into being that person Mm. and then we can be, you know, confronted essentially with, well, hang on a minute, with that removed, who am I and who do I want to be? Yeah. And the beauty in that is that you can be anything you want. It's a blank canvas. It is, but then that can actually be really daunting for a lot of people too. Mm, yeah, like good point. That can be just as confronting as I've placed my identity here. Oh, my gosh, I could be anything. I don't even know where to start. Yeah, so where do you start? 
wow, <laughs> this is where people like me step in. <laughs> yeah, so this is where you help people go, okay, well, I've, I've got this identity. I've got an identity crisis. I was doing this. Yep. You know, I've had a career for 40 years. Um, I'm completely burnt out and now I've realised that actually perhaps I was wearing a shame shield or wearing a mask and uh, I need to get back to my roots and, and, you know, do you find that you end up working with a lot of people that have come, you know, they've either been burnt out or they've had some kind of life-changing yeah. experience happen, yeah, and they've stopped and calibrated where they're at, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's very common whether they've had a changing job or like yourself, they've become a, a parent and then that shifts everything. Or, you know, this year too, there's been a lot of people that have lost their job yeah. or have been medically discharged from their role or yeah. there's so many external factors, you know, family life, professional life. There's so many things that can happen to us that mean that we've got that identity crisis, so to speak. And it's very easy for someone to say, just be true to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't really know or you've forgotten. So I used to, well, I really like actually, I should say, using the word rediscover. Rediscover, yes. So it, it's not about you needing to learn who you are. There's the rediscovery piece, the reconnection of yeah like you said, your roots, your mm -hmm. inner self. And that has components of, you know, what I call your muchness. Which muchness. Is, Tell me about that. Muchness. So I always get a little bit excited even saying the word because my inner child loves it, which is funny because muchness has to do with your inner child. But the term muchness actually comes from Alice in Wonderland. Oh. It's, there's a quote that the Mad Hatter says to Alice and he goes, you used to be much more muchier. You have <laughs> lost your muchness. <laughs> and while that's so whimsical, muchness is actually a real word and it means oh. the hearts and imaginations of children. Oh, yes. We all need a bit more muchness. Yeah. I and love that. that. I didn't know that was a real thing. I know. So that's one of my all-time favorite things to remind people is your muchness. Do you remember the inner child in you that didn't care what she was wearing? She was going to wear this outfit because it makes yeah. her happy. She wanted to play. She was connected to herself. She was, you know, exploring life with curiosity and wonder and asking questions and being whoever she was in the moment. And I think children can actually help us reconnect with our inner child because especially in leadership roles, we can lose them because we're too busy being, you know, the go-to person. So yeah. That muchness is a big, big element. I love that. That's so good. So you've got a couple of, or you, actually you've got an, an awesome article for our listeners, so I'll put that in the show notes, but you've got a couple of, you know, obviously we don't want people to getting to burnt out and crisis, crisis stages. You've got a couple of tips on what are some of the warning signs for people that are heading down the burnout, you know, lost their identity, spiralling down the authenticity funnel, I don't know, what would you call it, lost, lost identity, lost authenticity trap. What are some of the, the warning signs or the things that we should look out for? Yeah, absolutely. So I put the article together that um, you'll be able to send out for your listeners that they can download because it's a, a little freebie. So 
in that article, I put together the most common list of things that I see as to why people feel like they're, you know, a bit disconnected from themselves or not sure about their path or who they really are or the version of themselves that they want to be. So they can check in because there's quite a, a common things um, that people experience there. But then I've also put together in that article signs and symptoms that people experience that you might not even recognize as your body, your mind, and, you know, your soul essentially telling you that you've gone off track. Yes. So you can basically self-check in with this article and go through the list of um, signs and symptoms there and ask yourself, am I experiencing any of these? Because this can be your body telling you, hey, pay attention because there's something that's not aligning here. Mm. What would you say is the most common thing that people experience that they don't recognize as a symptom? Apathy. Mm. Um, yeah, right. Feeling stuck is yeah. a really big one too, like they feel stuck where they are. Yeah, and when they're stuck they just don't, rather than doing something to get out of it, it's stuck and then you become apathetic to everything yeah. and everyone. Wow, yeah, right. Yeah. That's a great pre-symptom or symptom to be recognising before yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah there's, there's definitely a lot of them. And I, and I think, you know, I think people tend to go straight to the big ones like feeling depressed or anxious or panic or and all of those can be as well. But there's so many other ones that our body gives us warnings for prior to getting to the extreme end of things. Yeah, and I think that's really good to uh, to know what they are so that you can nip it in the bud early on. Exactly. Very good. Uh, Michelle, it has been awesome having you on the show. So for anyone who is looking to find out some more information about you or uh, check out some more of your articles, where can people find you? Yeah, you I'm hang out? all of the normal social media places, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. Um, I'm under all the same handle, The Michelle Powell. The Michelle Powell. L's in Michelle and two L's in Powell. And uh, it has been awesome. So I'll add your uh, download of the list to the show notes for our listeners to hear. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. You're so welcome, Ali. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode on the Made For More podcast, please make sure you subscribe to receive future episodes. And of course, five-star reviews are always welcome on the Apple podcast. If you'd like a copy of the show notes or any of the links mentioned today, check out madeformore.com.au forward slash podcast. And of course, if we aren't connected already, you can find me in all the usual places. Ali Nitschke on LinkedIn, Ali.MadeForMore on Facebook and Instagram. I hope you have an awesome week and I'll catch you again soon. Bye-bye.